Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. I'm Mary James and welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. Today I have a very dear friend of mine, Liz Hawkins, and I'm excited to introduce you to her. Liz, can you share a little a bit about you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm happy to be here. Yes, my name is Liz Hawkins and I'm a volunteer at Chalk Children's Hospital, Orange County. I'm actually a volunteer on our mental health advocacy committee. And I also volunteer in our Sharice Marie Laulier in mental health inpatient center. And that's a, a, an inpatient um, psychiatric unit for kids with uh, psychiatric conditions or serious mental health crises uh, for kids ages three to 17. And I'm also a NICU cuddler, been at Chalk for, for many years. And so happy to be on your podcast to talk about Mental Health Awareness Month and what we've got going on at Chalk. Yes, I'm so excited to, um, for you to share that with our listeners today. So first, I'd like to ask you, how did you become involved or interested in pediatric mental health? You know, I think uh, it was a couple of years ago now, um, our unit, our uh, Sharice Marie Lauier Mental Health Inpatient Center just celebrated their third birthday. So we've been in business for three years, but several years before that, uh, several people at, at Chalk determined that, you know, the, the crisis was too big in Orange County to ignore it and that we really needed to start addressing mental, pediatric mental health head on. I read an article in the Orange County Register. I shared it with my husband. And honestly, I didn't even say a word about it. I read the article and handed it over to him. And he and I, he said, you know, we should really think about getting involved as donors. Um, and that's really what kind of made that transition from volunteer to donor to advocate. Um, and I think it was because there was no one else talking about pediatric mental health. At that time, there was no one else in the country that was really talking about um, creating a new system of care. And that's what Chalk was doing, um, saying, hmm, let's approach mental health a little differently. And instead of asking what's wrong with you, let's ask what happened to you. And uh, very trauma informed. And I thought, you know, this is something I'd really like to be involved in, but not just write a check because a lot of people can do that. Um, and it was really about, you know, really putting our money where our mouth was and volunteering in the unit, which is not something that's unique or not something that's uh, common anywhere else. Um, so I trained for about a year and uh, talked to several people about how can we make this possible? And fortunately, um, we made it possible in 2019. Wow. So I'd like you to share with us two things. One about Chalk Children's, which I love is right here in my own community and how that is different from other children's hospitals. And two, the process for somebody to be a volunteer in inpatient mental health for children is unheard of. And obviously they're so blessed to have you. So I'd love to hear if you could talk to those two topics. 
Yes, well, Chalk is unique um, on many levels. I mean, we have campuses all throughout Orange County. Thank goodness. Um, you know, we have uh, a floor at Mission Hospital. Um, we obviously have our campus in Orange that you know, um, and that campus is growing and we're bursting at the seams actually. So we, we're going to continue to grow. So you'll be seeing that um, over the years. But we also have clinics all throughout the county. Um, what makes us unique is specifically that mental health inpatient center that I mentioned. The Lalaire Inpatient Center um, is the only place in Orange County for kids under 12. So prior to us opening, uh, if you had a mental health condition, you were under 12 years old, you were sent out of county to, um, to a place that had, a, or you had to wait until a bed opened up for you. Um, so when we opened, you know, that was really exciting because we could be able to treat kids three to 17, really, you know, right in everybody's backyard here in Orange County. So they weren't having to travel to LA or San Diego. Um, they could stay within their own county, which meant that family-centered care became a real thing. I mean, I can't really imagine being a parent and having to work, take care of other kids and having to, I got to get down there to San Diego to get there by our visiting hours. Um, the other thing that makes Chalk unique is specifically to that mental health inpatient center I'm referencing is uh, the ability for parents to visit 24 hours a day. That's very uncommon in psychiatric units. Um, we, might, we might actually be one of the few places in the state that allow that. Um, and parents can spend the night as well. So parents and guardians um, are welcome to stay also. We find that a lot of parents uh, take a break and use it as respite care. Um, and they take care of other things in their lives because when the crisis escalates to that point, usually there's a lot of other things that need tending to as well. But, um, you know, we are just, like I said, growing. Um, you know, I started at Chalk in the uh, radio station, which used to be called Radio Lollipop. Our hospital has a radio and TV station, and it used to be very small. And now, thanks to the Secret Studios Foundation, we are actually able to have a Seacrest Studios in-house in studio. And when I started, it was you know, volunteers from all over of all interests that could uh, volunteer and host your own radio show and uh, do really fun things on the air with kids and, and also you know, um, you know, bring activities to their bedside. But now actually what's really unique is that we have students from all throughout Orange County. And instead of having them drive to LA for an internship in a radio or TV station, they can now do that at Chalk. So that really is something that's uh, a point of pride for sure for, for us. That is amazing. And so the other question about how you, someone, if you could share about your background and your training and in mental health, I have became um, a volunteer in the inpatient children's unit. Yes, so you know, uh, as you mentioned, it's it's uncommon, right? And it's something that when I first met our director of mental health and the clinical director of our unit, Dr. Danny Milliken, I talked with her about is that a possibility, and she said very famously, uh, <laughs> I'm going to work backwards to yes on this one. I really want to say no. But let me work backwards to yes, and let me figure out how we can get there. And I love that saying, work backwards to yes, because I think so many of us could do that more often in our own lives. I know I can, but I use Danny as that example. 
And she has come to, you know, she came to us from Ohio, from uh, Nationwide Children's, which is the largest, largest pediatric mental health care provider in the country. Um, and that was not a thing there. Um, and so she said, how could we make this possible? But obviously, you know, what made Chalk unique was that we were developing our own system of care. And when you're developing your own system of care and you're, you're training staff in trauma-informed care, um, she said, well, maybe that is possible. And I had told her, you know, I talked to her and our amazing chief psychologist, Dr. Heather Husty, and I talked to Heather and said, you know, what would make this possible? And she said, you know, I think if you did the same trainings at the staff, I think that would make a lot of sense. Now, I personally don't have a lot of fancy letters after my name. I don't have a background in mental health other than my own experience with it as, as everyone has mental health. Um, and I think I thought about, you know, at Chalk, I've been a volunteer now this year, nine years in the hospital. And um, I thought, well, our kids that have visited our mental health inpatient center, they've been treated at the hospital for other things like broken arms and surgeries. So, you know, they would know that a volunteer exists here. And when they don't see a volunteer in the unit, um, what does that say to them, right? Does it say that you're not valued, that it's not safe? And those are none of those messages are things that Chalk wanted to say. And I think we said, OK, well, let's figure out how we can do it. So I took the same trainings as the staff. I continued probably in some weeks about 40 hours of additional trainings. And that's vicarious trauma, um, you know, all kinds of other stuff on how to uh, just just be able to be in such a dynamic environment and make it really safe for our kids. It's really not so much about my own personal safety, but it's about being safe for them, right? We don't want to re-traumatize them or stigmatize them. So a lot of trainings and a lot of reading. And um, about a year later, actually almost a year to the day, I was, I was able to volunteer in the unit. And we weren't sure how it was going to go. And we, it went really, really well. And we were actually able to bring in outside groups. So we started with me. And then we were able to bring in groups like Ocean Institute to teach, um, you know, outdoor education and, and edu uh, what is it? Um, thank you for getting the word. <laughs> um, conservancy, like nature conservancy, um, ecology, and of course, all about the ocean and, and uh, you know, our environment. And we had some incredible teachers be able to come onto the unit and teach a class um, in front of our kids and be able to bring the outside world in, you know, in psychiatric care that is incredibly unique. Um, this is pre-Zoom times. So we, we were doing this in person and, uh, you know, it was both incredibly fulfilling for those teachers, but for our kids as well. And they did a uh, science component and they did an art component. And eventually they started to do a STEAM lesson um, one, twice, once to twice a month. Um, and we were doing that for a couple of years. We, we had to stop during COVID, but um, that was very rewarding. And then we're hopefully going to be able to roll out a volunteer program to be able to open this up to other people who are interested um, and, you know, kind of stagger it and make like a tier situation where people can start at a certain level and then progress to um, different levels of engagement within our uh, within our unit wow. as volunteers. 
That is so amazing. So as many of you know, seven years ago, I experienced a manic episode and was diagnosed with bipolar. It was out of the blue. Um, it was a beautiful and scary time because it was my spiritual awakening. Um, I was heavily medicated. I wasn't put in the hospital, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, because there's nothing to be scared of. And this is what's so beautiful about having these volunteers so that the children there feel like, I'm normal or you know, gifted and challenged, but um, there's nothing to be scared about. And also having them come in really removes the stigma. And I just love that, which is a perfect segue also into we are in May. Yay. Hopefully most of you know, or all of you, that May is National Mental Health Awareness Month. And Chalk has a wonderful program that Liz is going to share with us called Checking In. Yes, I am going to share that. Thank you so much. Yes. And then thank you for sharing your personal experience as well. I think um, any discussion around normal health, excluding, including personal experiences, really normalizes that discussion. And obviously, that's what I aim to do as a volunteer in our uh, Sharice Marie Lauier Inpatient Center is normalize the experience for kids who are there, right? I can't fix the problem. We're not going to um, treat them. We're not going to you know, solve the problem in as, in as many days as they will be with us. But we can bring them down to a baseline and I can make life a little bit better for the short amount of time that I'm there as well. Let me share with you a little bit about what we've got going on at Chalk. It's actually really cool to, to say this, that it's all volunteer driven. Now we've had a lot of help from other departments at Chalk, thankfully, um, but this is a brainchild of our mental health advocacy committee and it's really been pushed and led by them. Um, and I'm gonna get to show you what it, what it looks like. So this is... All right, this is it. So we are calling uh, this, this theme for May, checking in. And we came to that, you know, we arrived at that theme really because um, we've all been in this pandemic for well over a year now. And uh, we've been at this for quite some time. And I think, you know, I, as I, I had shared with you, I had lost a friend of, of mine and a friend of Chalk's um, to suicide in December. And um, when we lost our friend, his name was Jordan. We lost Jordan. Um, that was something that really shook up a lot of members on our committee, but particularly myself and my husband, who also serves on this committee. And we started thinking, well, you know, how, how can we let people know that they matter in this world and that they're important? Um, and we thought about, well, you're going to have to start with checking in with the person. People are only going to share what they want you to know. But if you keep asking, um, eventually you're either going to wear them down or you're going to be able to create a safe enough space to where they feel like they can share how they're really doing. And I felt like, uh, you know, after Jordan's death, I, I was going to send a, a text to a friend and just say, oh, hey, hope you're well. And here's this link. And I sent the text and I said, oh, I, I better ask her how she's doing. I hadn't talked to her in, in about a month. And when I sent the text, she had said she wasn't doing very well and uh, that she was really struggling. And, you know, after Jordan's death, that really raised some red flags for me. And it made me start thinking, you know, this was in January and it made me think, uh, you know, there's even though there's hope on the horizon and people are starting to talk about future plans and, you know, kind of we're all coming out of our homes. 
Um, it's still, things are not okay for a lot of people. We've been at this for too long and the isolation has really set in for some people. Um, I know I've experienced it myself. I've, I know several friends who have really struggled during this time. And uh, so that's where we came up with checking in. So let me share with you what we've got going on. So we actually uh, started Mental Health Awareness Month this year in April with a, an, a mental health art and word contest. And we opened it up to all kids in all zip codes. It ended just recently, and um, soon we'll have those winners up on our website at chalk.org slash check-in. But I can tell you that every submission was so personal, so beautiful. The theme, of course, is checking in. And every child either drew amazing pictures, uh, painted. Some people did three-dimensional art. Um, and it was all on either what they learned during this time about how to check in with themselves or how to check in with their family members. It was it's amazing. It's astounding, really. Their talent and their ability to um, convey how they're feeling without any sort of um, stigma that we receive, that we have as adults. So it's just really beautiful and inspiring. So those will be up on the website, chalk.org slash check-in. And then in May, we've got the check-in challenge. Let me share with you what that's gonna look like. Chaco there. So the check-in challenge starts today. Each Monday in May, Chalk is going to share on our social media and on our blog pages, um, ways to check in with people in your life. So each week in May, we've, we've you know, uh, locked it down to five weeks. So the last day in May really gives us a fifth week. So we're leveraging that. And we are going to, we picked a, a group, a community group or a person in your life each week. So um, we're going to show you what that looks like. So in the first week, this week is check in with a caregiver. And we figured, you know, at, at during this time, everybody as everybody that I know, at least as a caregiver for someone. But I think during the pandemic, we all took on additional loads as caregivers. So you were taking care of not only your family or your friends and your kids, but someone else that you knew that was sick and checking in on them. And, you know, we really, I, I personally experienced the stress and the strain of being a caregiver to a lot of different people during this time. So we thought, you know, how should we, what's a, what's a, you know, really intentional way to check in with caregivers in your life. So right now on chalk.org slash check-in and on our blog pages and on our social media page, it links back to our blog and you can find tips and very specific prompts on what to ask and how to ask these caregivers in your life, how they're really doing. So it can be questions like, what is rest looking like for you these days? When was the last time you sat down to eat, eat a meal? Um, so, and instead of th asking things like, or saying things like, well, let me know if I can help, you know, really being more specific and intentional with, you know, how can I best support you right now? Um, I think more people are more likely to answer that question. And instead of somebody sort of passively saying, well, let me know if I can do anything. So that's the caregiver week. And we move into um, week two, which is strong friends. That's a term that has really that came to me um, through mental health first aid, which is an amazing free training that's offered all around the world. Actually, it started in Australia. Um, it's offered locally for free. Um, and in fact, I think there's several organizations doing some uh, mental health first aid trainings this month, and Western Youth Services is one of them. So I encourage people to check it out. They have a mental health first aid training for kids for. Uh, 
you know, adults uh, specifically aimed at, at kids. And then they also have a mental health first aid training to help adults who might be in crisis. Um, and they always mention, check in with your strong friends. And that's something that really resonated with me because I think, you know, I have strong, a lot of strong friends in my life, right? So people who are pillars of strength and that I look up to, but who is checking in on those people? And I think when you start to see those people in your life struggling, you know, you want to be able to be there for them. And you know that there's a certain level of sometimes bravado. Sometimes it's, it's just that, you know, they have to be strong for everybody and that they can't show anybody that they're struggling, but you start to see the cracks and how can you help um, support them? So next week, we'll have some very specific tips on that. So be sure to check out our website. And in the middle, we put yourself because, you know, I think everybody wants to avoid <laughs> checking in with themselves, right? It's a lot easier to, to see how other people are doing than it is to look uh, inward. And, but we know how important that is. You can't pour from an empty cup. And you also need to find out how are you really doing right now? Um, during the pandemic, right when it first started within the first two weeks, um, I had seen these really beautiful check-in questions that asked, you know, what expectations of normal am I letting go of today? Am I hydrated enough? So some somatic questions and then some really thoughtful questions about, um, you know, this is very, this is a very unique situation that we all find ourselves in globally. And how am I handling this really? Um, so that's where the checking in with yourself came about. And I think during that time, it's a great idea to um, do some self-care. And, you know, that's a buzzword and that's a word that's been used or that's been used maybe too much, but there's a reality to that. And that is, you know, I, I know for myself, I had to do a self-care plan in order to um, pick up my volunteer position in our mental health inpatient center. It's really important to be able to, you know, identify people in my life that I can call on when, when things get tough. It's also important for me to identify ways that, you know, I can care for myself um, when I'm really stressed or when I'm really feeling um, the heaviness of some of the work that we do in our inpatient center. So that's a great time to focus on that. And then our neighbors. For me, the best part of the pandemic, maybe the only best part of the pandemic is actually getting to know my neighbors instead of just, you know, bringing in the trash cans and giving a wave. Um, we got to know them. We share food. You know, we share stories. We, uh, we, we are always texting. I mean, in the beginning, we were sharing toilet paper. You know, oh, I have an extra roll or um, my neighbor would make Costco runs and drop us off, you know, some uh, special treats from Costco. And uh, some of those times, those treats were Lysol. Never in my life was I so excited to receive things like that. But, um, you know, we, I think our neighbors deserve that check-in. And the reason why is because when you get to know your neighbors, you that becomes a support system for you. It widens out that net of support, which I think we can all use more of. And then lastly, essential workers. And obviously at Chalk, you know, we are a community of caregivers, of strong friends, um, and essential workers as well. 
but I think I was thinking more broadly in that term. So really thinking about people who you don't know as well, and maybe that you, um, you know, you're not going to have to sit and have a big conversation with, how are you really doing? It's people like your barista at uh, your coffee shop, you know, the cashier at the grocery store. Um, so uh, people that you have short interactions with, and really letting them know that you see them and that they matter. And that's really the whole point of the check-in challenge, right? It's not just um, checking a box and saying, okay, I asked somebody how they were doing today and I didn't wait to hear the answer. It's checking in with intention, waiting to hear the answer. And sometimes people are not going to respond in the positive. And I think we've all experienced that, right? Where it's things are not going well. And you might, I think people have given more honest answers to how they're doing in this time instead of good, fine, great. Um, and I think that's something that we want to continue, continue that conversation. But with essential workers, you know, I think about my nephew, he's a cashier at a grocery store. And, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of his day people are rushed and hurried. And I think at the height of the pandemic, you know, People were probably not as friendly um, for a lot of reasons. And of course, you know, we're all wearing masks and it's hard to, to read people's facial expressions. But, um, you know, a, a good friend of mine, whenever she goes out to a restaurant or when she goes to the store, um, I always love that she asks, hey, are people being nice to you today? And even if people say, no, they're not, you know, you're the first person that I've come across that actually cares about how I'm doing or is saying hello or uses my name. Um, I think it lets that person know that they matter. And that's really what's the important, uh, important thing for us. So that's the check-in challenge, five weeks. Uh, again, everything's going to be up on chalk.org slash check-in. And, you know, it's a, it's something that we felt was really timely and necessary. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And oh my goodness, those essential workers, the people, we don't even realize how they help keep our lives yeah. semi-normal during this pandemic. So grateful for them. Um, so if somebody would like to, is inspired by you and would like to find out more about Chalk or become involved in possibly becoming a volunteer, what do you suggest they do? Well, first of all, I would think that's amazing. We need more, we need more positive people. We need more people who are um, wanting to spread joy and, um, you know, really bring themselves to, to chalk and share themselves with our, our patients and families and, and our, our staff really. Um, and I would say go to chalk.org slash volunteers and you can learn more about um, the volunteer process and, and what that looks like. You know, we're slowly onboarding volunteers um, from the pandemic back into the hospital right now. But, you know, eventually we will we'll be taking new volunteers again. And, um, you know, I'd love for people to, to check that out. And if, if that's something that you're interested in at some point is being a volunteer in our uh, Lalaire and Patient Center, we'd love to have you. Um, so, but just hold tight and know that uh, it's, it's always hard to do a first. And so, you know, when we, uh, this, a volunteer program in a pediatric mental health inpatient center is not common, right? Um, so creating that has taken um, about a year to develop and COVID kind of, you know, uh, rained on our parade. So it stopped our plans from uh, being able to present it and uh, get it in, into action. But we'll pick that up again soon. And, and uh, hopefully in a, in a year or two, we'll be able to have, we can say that Chalk has a volunteer program there. But 
we will take volunteers and uh, we can use all the amazing hearts that we can get. That is so beautiful. And you inspired me. And that is definitely something that is now on my to-do list. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Liz. Thank you everybody for joining us and checking in with Mental Health Awareness Month, though I think every day of the year should be Mental Health Awareness Day and we should be, always be checking in. And what you shared before about just a simple hello or a simple thank you to somebody goes such a long way. You never know how it could just lift them out of a sadness. So thank you for sharing That's that. Right. Thank you so much. And yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. It, the, the whole thing for us is that not only can it um, it can save a life or it can change a life, right? So, and you never know how you can, you're going to be able to do any of those things, but it can really just start by using someone's name, saying hello, letting them know that they matter in whatever way that looks like. Maybe it's just, hey, thanks for showing up today. So thank you for showing up today and all the amazing work that you do for our kids and families in Orange County. We appreciate that. And you too. And thank you everybody for joining us today at Let's Talk Wellness. And don't forget, you are amazing. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.